Hi there, you blooming cockroaches, grim grinners, and TTH. Hello, and welcome to the Park Stop Podcast. Ticket report. Do not adjust your um, radio. Hello, and welcome to Disney Magic Hour episode number one. You know what? Why don't I give it a try? Testing. Testing. Is it working? Hey, it's working. Uh, hi, my name is Jalen Harvey, and welcome to a podcast for all things but mostly Disney. Also known as, if you want to abbreviate and make it easier for you, uh, at Fat BMD. I don't know why I picked... Well, I know why I picked the name I picked. Because there's a million different Disney podcasts everywhere. And I also like the Muppets. So, I was thinking, hey, why not do something that can relate to the Muppets? And it's also really different and stands out. Even though the podcast is basically a whole entire phrase. Well, the title is a whole phrase. But, yeah, welcome to our first... uh, episode well my first episode it's pretty much just me by myself doing it uh, while recording on my phone it's i i've been listening to podcasts for a while especially disney podcasts maybe since i was about 13 14 years old and i always wanted to try and make my own and finally i was just ready to set out I'm a college student, and my major has to do with putting yourself out there and building a blog and building a brand. So I figured, hey, what the hell? Let's give it a go. Let me finally give it a try. Um, this is an explicit po- This is an explicit podcast. You probably wouldn't hear me cuss. Uh, and I'm also black, so you might hear the N word. So <laughs> if you're not. If you're not comfortable with any of those things, you probably should split. I don't I don't blame you. Uh, more power to you if you don't like hearing the N-word. If you're one of those type of folks, that, that's fine. I, that's cool. I say it a lot. <laughs> and I, you know, you probably won't hear me cussing like a sailor. It's probably going to be R-rated. At most, if you ever watch the Boondocks, and you probably haven't if you don't like the N-word, <laughs> that's about the level of cussing that you're going to get out of me. It's a good episode of the Boondock, so there might be a lot of N-words thrown around and cuss words. Um, I'm recording this <laughs> and releasing this in like the first week of Black History Month, so I think that's even more funny, especially given that I might be the only, like, or maybe the on- the first and only black person to home a, a Disney podcast or a theme park podcast. If I'm wrong, please, uh, I would love to give that black history plaque to whoever was the first one who paved the way. But there's not really anybody doing it. On top of that, most of the black people who are in the community do vlogs and they do like Instagram and stuff like that. But I, I like podcasts. I like doing it. I like um, listening to the different opinions of people. The first major podcast I started listening to was the WEW Kingdom Cast. Shout out to Gary and all those guys over there and Ron and and Scoodle. <laughs> all, all those guys. All of them. Uh, Uncle Mac. <laughs> you probably wouldn't kill me for saying that. But yeah, it's um, 
it's that was my first big entry into the theme park um into the theme park mythos in terms of going deep into the fan into like the fan side of it i am born and raised in tampa still live there to this day or hillsborough county i live in the outer rim of tampa but still in the same county and i grew up i'm pretty sure my first theme park was bush gardens here bush gardens is still very much a local park for a lot of tampanians uh, i'm sorry what is it is it tampanians this week or the tampinos i don't know we're, we're still working on what to call people from tampa uh, but yeah it's it's a local park i'm pretty sure that was the first theme park i've i've been to almost i want to say 60 or 70 percent of the population in tampa don't quote me on this this is just spitballing has a pass to bush gardens because it's just so cheap the Gordon Bush Gardens 99 cent for a ticket. I mean, not 99 cent for a ticket. It's 99 dollars for a ticket. And in that ticket, you can come back for the rest of the year just going to that one park. It's not bad. 100 dollars a year, and just hanging out, going to that park. As I, you know, get older, I can start remembering going to Disney, of course, but not as much because Disney was it's, it's super expensive. It's super fucking expensive just to go to Disney World. It, it's, it's crazy. It's always been expensive, but it, it's expensive, especially when you have children because it starts to add up. My mom, she would have me and then she would also have my cousins with her. And I have a bunch of girl cousins. I just would show, like, older than me, some around the same age. And she would have them with her whenever she would go to Orlando for vacation during the holidays with my grandparents and everything. And so we didn't really get to go much. We pretty much hung out at the resort and went to the pool and all that kind of stuff. And I remember not really caring about not going to Disney that much. There are pictures of me as a baby going to Disney and going to Universal Studios. I do have one that I'm really happy about of me taking a picture in front of um, this cutout of Tommy and Chucky from the Rugrats back when they still had the Nickelodeon Studios. I I really enjoy I really enjoy that because I was a big Nickelodeon kid growing up watching that on television. But television? What the fuck did, did I just say? Fucking god damn! Why did I say television? Okay, old man time. TV, whatever you want to whatever you want to fucking call it. But. I grew up, yeah, that's what I, um, I grew up going to theme parks, and we mostly went to Universal the most. I had, like, I do have memories of going to Disney, but it was a lot, it was, it was more scarce going to Disney. It really was, given the fact that it was so much, it was so much more expensive, and once my mom remarried, and she, you know, my stepdad, he had kids, he had about four of the kids, so they took us to and my mom also had all of my cousins with her too so think about 11 kids all in a two bedroom a two bedroom um, hotel room in a week and they have to figure out what to do with all of them and eventually they get bored and they get hungry and all this kind of stuff and they would be like yo let's go to Universal Studios because Universal Studios they just opened up Islands of Adventure. This was around like the early 2000s. They just opened up Islands of Adventure, but nobody was coming to it. Like nobody was going. Like Universal sunk so much money into expanding their their hotels and their resort, and nobody showed up. 
it, it's amazing because Islands of Adventure was the most technologically advanced park of its time and was a really good theme park. It, it's crazy that nobody showed up. And because of that, they... So, and partially because of, you know, 9-11 kind of scared people from traveling for a little while. But for the most part, it was it was cheap to go in. They were able to get all of us, like, all of us in there. They were just probation officers. They were working government jobs. It wasn't a lot. They were able to pull us in. So I definitely do have memories from that. I do have memories from, you know, visiting in the few times I did go with my cousins and my grand and, like, my grandparents when we went to Disney. But... The first real thing for me with Disney was, I think I was about seven years old. That was when, that's the most memorable trip I have. There is a time where I went to Mickey's Not So Scary and um, Mickey's Christmas Party. But I can only remember, all I can remember from that, I think I was about five or six years old, is Tomorrowland and being in Fantasyland. And I don't even remember Fantasyland all the way formed in my mind. I just remember the lights and the sounds and I remember having one of the Buzz Lightyear spinning with like the light spinning toys that's one of the few things I remember from that trip but when I was seven seven was the first like seven was the first time that I guess something stuck inside of my mind this is about the time that Phil Our Magic was opening and that's what we really wanted to go see my sister was like my baby sister was just being born so she was I think Jamie had to be about maybe seven or eight months we went during my birthday which is in october she was born in january so yeah she was about 10 11 months old and it was just me my stepdad my mom and my little sister and it was it was a good trip i think that's why phil our magic stays in my head as much as it does is because i had that ingrained as a kid and a lot of like haunted mansion type haunted mansion and we didn't do Splash Mountain because we had the baby and nobody wanted to get wet and Space Mountain and all that like it was it is it's in my head and bits and pieces of Epcot when I was like a baby is still in my head a little bit I don't remember too much but in that state of time theme parks were mostly Busch Gardens and SeaWorld I that was just the cheapest option because everybody in Tampa has one. I'm pretty sure I was born <laughs> with a pass to Bush Gardens. We've never, like, it's just so cheap to go to that. And I think they throw in SeaWorld for like an extra $50 back then, $2,500. And we just had it since when I was a kid. So that's what I remember mostly of those very vividly. But when I would go to Universal and Disney, those lingered a little bit more because those were like a delicacy those were things that we normally didn't get to do especially disney universal we definitely went back to i've had school trips like that where we would go to disney and i've had school trips to um, no we didn't do epcot we did we did um we mostly did magic kingdom but those are during my middle school years and those was when i was getting big into the theme park lore and into disney really really deeply Disney didn't really start seeping its hands I mean, like everybody grows up with Disney for the most part or you grow up around it like it's not so much of a like if you're a kid like just a basic kid 
in the early 2000s and you go into a mall there's a Disney store and it has toys in it so you gravitate towards it they have cartoons on television you grab even if you don't have cable they have the Saturday morning ABC where they would have the Disneyland car uh, not Disneyland cartoons the Disney cartoons from Disney Channel on like I, I had cable so I definitely did see Disney Channel I was more of a Nickelodeon kid but I I branched out to the other to the other two cartoon channels Cartoon Network and Disney Channel slowly not well I wouldn't say slowly but I took towards them then they're still not high in my heart as much as Nickelodeon is to this day I Nickelodeon like 90s through probably 2008 Nickelodeon maybe a little bit before then 2007 2008 that is still a prime time of cartoon television for me and it shaped my formative years as just being I was an only child even though my cousins would be around they weren't around during the weekends so I would sit down in front of the TV and that was pretty much my friend <laughs> I was pretty much my friend I was an only child so you just gotta just sit there and watch the TV and that's like yeah yeah ever since I was a baby too if you ask anybody like they would put me in front of a television screen and I would just be like mesmerized by whatever was going on. Like, I just shut up. Which I'm glad for. I don't think it... So many people think, like, television can rot your brain, and maybe I'm just a special case, but I think that really helped with my creativity and having an appreciation for art and animation and all that kind of stuff. But going back to theme parks and Disney in general, Disney is more like something that's just around you. It's everywhere. They're making movies. They're in toys. They're, if you're a kid... Disney's everywhere. Like, that's at least... They, they, they pimp it really hard. Like, those motherfuckers pimp it hard. And it's, it's really cool. Because it's a little fucked up, but it's really cool how, like... You don't have to ask a kid who Mickey Mouse is. He'll tell you who Mickey Mouse is. You show him who Mickey Mouse is. Like, he, you show him... You put him in front of a TV, and next thing you know... And you go away. That man, that, that kid can tell you who Mickey Mouse is. Like, that's just... That's a thing. That's just a, an American thing. But with the theme parks, I didn't really get big into those until I want to say about seventh grade was when I really started combing through it. It was, it was, I, I can't formulate. It had to be about a year before the game came out. I want to say it was about a year before it came out. I just ended seventh grade, and every once in a while, I would go on GameStop.com and just look up at all the new games that are being released. And one of those was Epic Mickey. And I was like, and if you look at the like symbol for Epic Mickey, you'll see like this kind of distorted ink blot of the famous Mickey Mouse silhouette. And it just has it dripping. Then I typed that into... I typed that into Google, like, Epic Mickey, because that sucked me in, because I was just like, oh, it's just a Disney game, it's going to be Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, or, you, you know, some shit like that, but it got into, like, oh, this is Mickey Mouse history, he's going to, like, a distorted version of Disneyland, is dealing with all of his history, and all of that, like, you know, that's actually really compelling to me, especially once I started seeing the concept art. If you look up Epic Mickey concept art, you are going to see some weird shit. You're going to see some weird shit. Like, you're going to see 
animatronic beast like built out of like they had a there's one that's that's really good it's like a, a country bear jamboree scorpion animatronic like you just see the animatronic with like one of the main bears heads I think it was Big Al's with a metal scorpion body you see like a tattered animatronic goofy that's really which ended up making it into the game and a lot more and it looks a lot more cartoony than how um how it how it's really supposed to be because if you look at the concept art for the animatronic goofy it looks really in detailed and really dirty and there's all types of like muck in his gears and stuff it's it's you see pictures of the of like these sewers with the Sleeping Beauty castle in the background. It's really dark. It looked different to me because Disney to me is always and I think everybody can agree with this is kind of like this sweet tame thing. And Epic Mickey was like, "Nah, bro. We're we're going to get down and dirty. We're going to get dark. We're going to get deep." And that's kind of what it was. But one concept art piece of concept art that stuck out to me was one of a rabbit laughing maniacally in front of all of this like evil lab equipment with like two two electrodes uh, he's between two electrodes and it's the whole cartoon mad scientist thing going on I'm like I know that rabbit I know that rabbit this was around 2009 rewind back to what 2006 I was inside the Disney store just in the mall and I picked up this box that said uh, reintroducing Oswald the Lucky Rabbit it was a plush of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit if you don't know who Oswald the Lucky, the Lucky Rabbit is I'm going to tell you in a little bit but I saw him and I'm like oh this is kind of cool I'm like he looks like Mickey's like oh this is the precursor to Mickey Mouse and at that point in time, I was like, this is kind of cool. But I got to split because I got to go catch up with my mom. Fast forward in 2009, I'm like, oh my God, I know who that is. That's Oscar. <laughs> That's Oscar the Lucky Rabbit. And I looked it up. I'm like, no, it, it's Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. I, I fucked that up. But that was, I think Oswald was the one who, and pun 100% intended, um, he was... He was somebody who pulled me into the rabbit hole because my whole entire life, it's just like you're taught. It's just Mickey. It's just Mickey. Like Mickey has been forever. There's no before Mickey. There's no after Mickey. Is well, there is after Mickey, but it's just Mickey. Like Mickey's the main dude. And once I started looking into that, that was really compelling to me. Especially like looking at Oswald's story. If you don't know who Oswald is, or if you've seen around the park, but you know his full story. Oswald was Walt's first original, like, cartoon star. Like, the first... He's not Walt's first um, cartoon creation at all, but he's the first one to really make it big, start getting merchandise, fan clubs. It was... He, he had a good he had a good run for, like, a year... Like, for a good year, from 1927 to 1928. And if 1928 strikes you or something, I... You'll know that's the that's the year Mickey Mouse was created. Well, the only reason Mickey Mouse was created was because when Walt went to go see his distributor, which was an executive over at Universal, uh, Universal named Charles Mintz. If you know anything about um up, 
you know that Charles Mintz was the bad guy. And that's kind of why he's named that. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's why he's named Charles Mintz, and why he's trying to steal a. Um, he's trying to steal a, a cartoon bird. Charles Mintz stole the cartoon rabbit. It's it's pretty much the same thing, but he was stolen. He was Oswald was stolen from Walt because the distributor was like, "Yo, hey Walt, hey 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 hey, Mr. Mintz, yo, we want to ask for some more money because we want to make some we want to make cartoons better." Some people think it's uh, this is me still doing the Walt voice. Some people think this was like Walt. He already had the the idea for Steamboat Willie in his head, and that's why he, he wanted to make he wanted to get more experimental with cartoons and start throwing in sound. Charles Mintz, he was like, "Nah, bruh, here's how this is gonna go. First off, you gonna take a pay cut. That's the first thing that you're gonna do. You're gonna take a pay cut. And on top of that, if you don't take the pay cut, you're pretty much gonna be shit out of luck, dude." Because let me tell you, I signed away almost all of your staff, except for that Ub Iwerks guy. Hey, that's, that asshole wanted to stick around with you for some fucking reason. And also, I own the rights to Oswald, so you either play ball or you can go sit and spin. And Walt, he, he was like, yo, I can't take a pay cut. I'm broke, son. Do you not know how... God, this sounds like, a, this sounds like an episode of Drunk History. They already did an episode of, of iWorks on Drug History, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother show. But he's like, nah, son, I can't lose any, I can't, I, I'm, I'm broke already, I can't, yo, take a pay cut. And he's like, well, shit, bounce. And Walt bounced, it, it was him and Ub and, and his wife, they went to, they went back on the train, back to LA, and was like, Yo, we gotta come up with a new character, and they came up with Mickey on the spot, and that's how Mickey Mouse was born. And in the game, like I remember watching like the development videos for Epic Mickey, Oswald hates Mickey because, and anybody knows it, if Mickey, if like Charles Mintz wasn't a complete fucking asshole, we wouldn't hear about Mickey Mouse. We would, it would have been Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. His face would be all over everything. So imagine. Being a being a person who was primed to literally be the biggest cartoon star in the world, and then some fuck shit happens, and now you're pretty much some fucking like you're you're pretty much a lost cop like you're just a lost soul sent off. So the episode of I mean not the episode the video game of Mickey deals with like a lot of forgotten rejected stuff that winds up in an alternate dimension. It's basically a storage bin. <laughs> it's a storage bin, bin that looks like Disneyland. And Oswald come like Oswald um Oswald's the first person to like the first cartoon to be forgotten. So he pretty much builds he sees these blueprints for something that's supposed to be like Disneyland or something. He starts building it because he needs a home. Like more and more people like more and more cartoons show up and need a home and he wants to make this stay as nice as possible and he does like he even builds this whole entire land it was whole entire land and he builds this little place where all of them can kind of coexist and be happy and in this kind of has been 
It's like yeah, like a hatchman, like a wasteman but a hatchman. It's a storage facility. But a really nice, cool looking storage facility. Then one day, and this isn't like much of a this isn't much of a spoiler if you want to play Epic Mickey. This is this is pretty much background shit. Um one day, all of a sudden, a giant glob of paint thinner comes down and and tears apart his world because it's made out of cartoon and he loses he loses his wife his kids end up getting lost because they get completely and this, this land that he built for these forgotten cartoon characters where they're already pretty low on themselves the place where they could you know live and, and thrive has just been destroyed and it's later revealed that and also doesn't know this. He doesn't know who caused it. This is just it was done by Mickey. Mickey, the the land is on that map by from from the Yensid, the wizard from Fantasia. And Mickey does do the looking glass type. Basically, where he doesn't do the looking glass, he touches the mirror and ends up falling into falling in the Yensid's workshop. He sees the Yensid outlining the map and making it look good and and doing with this magic paintbrush and the instant leaves Mickey pulls up and he's like yo let me give it a try and he starts he starts making this little black blob that'll kind of look like him and then the black blob gets out of hand with paint and it starts turning into a monster so Mickey throws paint thin on it and that makes the mess bigger and all of a sudden a giant crazy fucking whirlpool happens in the middle of the guy in the middle of the um, of the map because it's a magic map and it's Disney. So uh, go fuck yourself if if you're wondering. But that's the blob that falls in there. And I guess I kind of I related to Oswald a lot, and he ended up becoming my favorite character. It was because Oswald was. I, I feel for him. I feel for him as a kid who was bullied, as a kid who was heavily rejected. Growing up, I I felt I felt a lot of his pain. And the one thing that he really wants is just, and I don't have daddy issues like that. He just wants his, he wants to be loved. When they were making the game, the creator of the game, Warren Spector, he went over to Pixar to talk to John Lasseter, and John Lasseter was um, giving him pointers on the story epic mickey and he was like you have to think about what a cartoon wants with us with toy story a toy wants to be played with so what's the cartoon want? he wants to be loved he wants to be he's like an actor they want to be they want to do good work they want to be loved they want to be accepted they want to have like they want their art and their talents to be accepted and that's just what oswald wants he wants he wants that love and he just wants to be accepted and I felt that a lot along with him I just I felt that and I was just I thought of him as like especially because a lot of my friends were outcasted and pushed aside and, and all that kind of stuff I I felt like he, I felt like he, he needed a friend and that's that's just kind of as ridiculous as it sounds like he me and him were one and the same. I know what it was to kind of be down on your own, especially when you do your best to try to make the best out of a bad situation and just shit comes in and fucks shit up. It, it just happens where you really try hard to 
make a good life with the little of what you have and then somebody inadvertently or you know on purpose comes in and just wrecks your whole life even more than it already was and that's that was my that's just my huge tie with the character and he's just been my favorite the whole just the beginning when I ran into him and that's when I started going deep into Disney history and looking at other things I didn't know about and other like where I learned that Epcot was supposed to be a city and like I lived I lived at Walt like I've lived in Florida I lived in the theme park capital of the world and there's so much that I was surprised I didn't know about something that was just in my backyard it, it it's I live in Tampa it's like an hour away from us and it, it made my state where it is today, like all of this tourism and, and all that kind of stuff. And I just kept going deeper and deeper and deeper into it to the point where I was really in like enthralled by theme parks and what they were meant to do and, and animation and cartoons and all this kind of stuff. More so theme parks now, because to me, a theme park is essentially doing what a cartoon does or doing what a painting does it's a form of art that's brought out into the real world it's a, it's it's these paintings a concept art or what have you that's just brought out into the real world that you can be able to experience with on a one-to-one scale that's what a theme park means to me it's a work of art that you get to experience with all of your senses with Disney after that I just I started going to WW I started saving up money I started begging for birthdays and Christmas and eventually I became a pass holder and that was that but ever since I got that I think in 10th grade my grandmother saw how much I really wanted it and she was like you're a good kid you do good and you're my only grandson who who gives a damn if I'm alive or not you here yeah you deserve it and that's and that's just how I started going to Disney a lot more often and then Universal and diving into and doing things I didn't even think I would have done if you ask eight-year-old Jalen Harvey if a nigga finna pull up to the uh, haunted I uh, mean haunted Halloween Horror Nights he would have said no but 15 years old, Universal Studios did Resident Evil 2, and I was like, yo, I want to check that out. Like, I'm not Resident Evil the shitty movies, like Resident Evil the video game. I was like, yo, that's that's dope. Let me go see it. Let me grab some of my friends together. And yeah, I'm terrified and scared to death, but I want to check this out. And I had a good time. And that, like, that was a whole nother aspect of theme parks that I really fell in love with, was, like, just how much they pour in to that experience and little by little I just kept being sucked in and sucked in and when I was 14 just to backtrack a little bit I got Facebook and well when I was 13 I had a Facebook and when I I ended up joining a Disney fan site I forget the name of it um I forget, I'm probably still a part of it but I thought it was a great central hub to find your like niche group that you want to be with and then I found the WDW Kingdom Cast or they found me 
um, on a thread just talking about old school Epcot, which was something I recently had researched into and ended up finding out that I loved. And I loved the message of what that was trying to do. And uh, I think it was um, Ron Bendez who saw me, you know, talking about it to this guy who didn't really know what the fuck he was talking about when he came to Epcot since he never visited it. But he pulled me in. He was like, yo, I like what you I like what you're talking about. We have a podcast. We have a group. Let me pull you over here. And I was having a good I was having a good time over there when I ended up going to the to that side. On top of that, you know, I I didn't like the whole and we call them pixie dusters. That's why I learned it. People who kind of like sugarcoat everything that Disney does or you can't just be straight and you can't cuss and you can't like. You can't make references to... You can't... You have to keep everything G-rated. And not everything Disney is G-rated. For shit's sake, there was a goddamn... Epi- there was a... In Wizards of Life, there was a whole entire episode... Not episode. There was a whole entire attraction, The Making of Me, about how two parents shagged and, make, and made a kid. There was there was an animated sperm talking to an egg. There's an attraction where a dude literally gets eaten by a monster and warm blood drops on people there's there were real bones inside inside um Pirates of the caribbean like yo it's it's not all g-rated and i hate people who do that and who just try to make and that's what makes us look bad where you a nigga who like disney and people be like oh that's childish and like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about but it's because people like that because fucking Sharon and her guy and she wants everything to be for her fucking kids. You can't like you can't be yourself. You can't make it an, an adult thing. I think Disney's for everyone. Hell, if it was just for kids, there'd be no booze at Disney. Period. There's there's no there'd be nothing. There'd be no spas. Like what the fuck is a kid gonna do with a spa? There there'd be none of that. There'd be none of that high class dining. What the fuck does a kid care about high class dining? Dining. Just give them some chicken nuggets and a gogurt, and the motherfucker's fine. Like yo, shit's there for adults. And I'm glad that I I get my friends together. And I'm like yo, they there's things to do at Disney besides going to the parks or just meeting characters. Uh, to me, Disney gets really good when you're 21 or when you're 18 or when you get a car and you have that freedom to go around there and really look and absorb, observe and just not be all about like, yo, I want to do rides. Like you can take your time and and peter out and, and slow down a bit. But that's what I liked about, you know, being a part of the Kingdom cast and that group and meeting a lot of those guys. They taught me a lot about Disney that I didn't know, and and I really like that a group to this day. I still like that group, and that's my favorite Disney podcast for life. Like, shit, fuck my podcast. I don't know if this thing is going to do good or well, but the WW Kingdom cast was one of the big contributors of why I'm even talking on this mic right now. So that's, if you don't know who they are, give them a listen. They're not for everybody. They're a bunch. They're a bunch of rambunctious assholes who I love, and they love me. It, it's it's great. It's a great time, and I think that was another thing that I really liked about being a part of that group was just being able to converse with these guys about something that I love. It could have gone wrong, you know. These guys could have been pedophiles, but again, I was a fat, ugly kid. I looked like a milk dud with teeth. They nobody would nobody be trying to get up in this, but 
it could have been wrong. Like it, it, and that's why I never really told my mom anything like that. But these were guys who and I'm not telling you kids not to do to do what I did. Again, this could have been wrong. If you're a kid listening to this, this could have gone wrong. This could have gone wrong. If you're a kid who's not an ugly milk dud, you you might have you you can be you can have a predator come up to you. That definitely can happen. But I'm just saying for me, for me, I was safe. I was I was good. These guys are good. They're they're, they're really good and, and learning from them and learning Disney history and just learning things that I never knew before and having a place to discuss that. There's not a lot of people my age who were into that until I tried going on Tumblr for a little bit. And then I found a lot of people who were my age who did, who were also researching about old school Epcot, who was also researching about things that are no longer there. And just talking with, talking with different people about what they think a good attraction is and what they think a good movie is and what a good Disney thing is or what just a good experience is and formulating that having discussions me being 14 year olds with guys who were double my age who were anywhere in their 20s to like 40s and having a good conversation and having a good back and forth and earning the respect of of elders and and being able to have talking points that really helped me as a person to help me grow and to help me speak and to build confidence even to this day, I w- again, I wouldn't be on this mic if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for those teachings. Yeah, some of them are wrong. Some of them, they can be assholes a little bit. You know, some people, and sometimes you just, you're a rambunctious kid and you end up arguing with the only other kid who's there. That's a whole nother story for a whole nother time. But for the most part, I was like the baby of that family and... I was glad that I was sucking in good knowledge and then later being able to discern and make my own opinions about that and not being, they can be a little negative sometimes, but saying the light of it. And that's another reason why I wanted to make this podcast. I mean, there's a lot of negativity with, with Disney, with Disney shit, especially, you know, again, the WDW kingdom cast and, and even if you listen to the fanboys for a little bit or some of the other podcasts, they can be a little negative there was one point in time where there was just so much negativity and that you just couldn't see the light. You couldn't see the good part. And that's what I wanted to, that's what I wanted to have a podcast where you can look on the bright side or we can just like, let's not worry about like something that you don't want to happen and something that's not happening in the parks or the parks aren't being handled how you would 100% want them to be like, Hey, but at least we got this. Or talk about some good, talk about the good points of it, just not focus on the bad. Or maybe if there is bad, yo, let's just do a blue sky uh, thing where we just talk, uh, just sit down and talk about our dream attractions and just stuff that we want to do. And armchair imagineer something. That's something I really liked doing back when I was younger. I think almost every Disney fan, when you are a kid or a kid my age and you hear about being an imagineer, that's like the number one thing that you'd want to be. Like some people, some kids want to be a cowboy. Some people want to be firefighters. Some people want to go into the fucking space. I want to build, I want to build theme park attractions. That's what I want to do as a kid. Fuck you wanting to be a goddamn pediatrician. Fuck a pediatrician. I want to travel the world and build and like build cool ass rides and shit. I took that back at one point. I wanted to be a pediatrician. That's why I referenced that, but then me personally, I was like, fuck that, I want to build rides, ma. And that's 
that's something I, I like to do, and it's something that you see in this podcast. This podcast is going to have a lot of Disney topics, but it's going to branch out into movies I think are interesting or Universal or other theme parks. Most definitely, I'm going to talk about theme parks and other theme parks and my experience with them. It's um, it's it's just what I'm interested into, and what I think would just be a good conversation topic for right now. It's just me. It, it's me with myself. I don't have a co-host. I didn't want to. No, I've been a part of one of the podcasts, and I'm not going to say the name or anything like that, but the podcast wasn't good because we weren't friends. It was just something that I auditioned for, and we just had topics, and they pulled us together, and it kind of just felt like when you do a group assignment at school, and you don't know any of these motherfuckers, but you're trying to make something work. That's kind of how it, that's how it was, and I, don't want to, I didn't want to force or ask anybody randomly if I don't have good rapport with them, I have a good conversation because I want this to be, wants to be good time for you. Nobody wants to just listen to dead air for an hour and a fucking half, or for an hour. Hell, like not even thirty goddamn minutes. Like nobody wants to hear that shit. So that's that's what my goal with this podcast is. You know, to have a good time and talk about things I find entertaining, and hopefully you guys like it too. You know, like I've been a big part of this community for a while and it's a big part of my life. And some of friends I've made who are lifelong friends I made through Disney in this theme park community. I, I don't think that's ever going to stop. I just think this is finally the time where I, I think it's a good time to show my voice and be a little more vo- vocal and strike out and put my opinions out there and talk with people and have a fun time and just put out whatever ideas I have and maybe. I could have people on who like. I already have a couple of guests lined up. You might know them. I'm not gonna drop names. Uh, Beyonce. Uh, but it's gonna it's gonna be a good it's gonna be a good time. I'm I, I'm always up for feedback. I'm always learning, wanting to learn from other perspectives, and all of that. But I think this is the end of the podcast. Yeah, I think I did a good job of introducing myself. Let me know. Y'all come find me. Uh, my main my main mode of like, like social media I don't really do Facebook or Twitter because those can get crazy but I'm on Instagram you can find me on Tomorrow's Child T-O-M-M-O-R-R-O-W-S-C-H-I-L-D Tomorrow's Child y'all come find me there talk to me give me your feedback what you think i'm definitely going to i have already a bunch of episodes ready queued up that are pre-recorded i've probably recorded them again because that's still when i was a little rusty a little rusty and i was still getting used to talking to basically myself <laughs> or talking to an invisible audience but yeah that's that's kind of what we have in the pipelines of just, especially this being Black History Month there's a couple of things I do want to do now I, I want to be on the record I did not <laughs> this is for my the, the folks over the Kingdom cast who are probably going to be like this motherfucker did this on purpose just to have it on Black History Month no I did not purposely put it on Black History Month I did not want to I've had this idea for about a good 
a good three weeks. It just happened that everything fell right in at Black History Month. It's a good coincidence, especially this might being the first only um, podcast, Disney podcast, held by a black guy. Uh, I most definitely am, is not going to be a main topic of me being black. There are going to be some things that I do talk about that I experienced while at Disney and my different viewpoints because I'm black and my own perspective on it. But it's not going to be the main thing. This isn't going to be like, this isn't going to be, this isn't just going to be just the Cleveland show. It's not just going to be family guy, but black. It's not going to, it's not going to be that. It's not going to, it's probably just going to be a Disney podcast that occasionally has the N word in it. Not occasionally. That's motherfuckers. That's going to just. This is going to be how it is. I'm sorry, but it's 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 going to be a good time, and I'm glad that you guys came out. I'm getting used to this. This is my first time, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. And a last little bit of shout outs. I want to give a shout out to the WDW Kingdom cast, the whole family over there, Gary, Rod, Josh, Scoods. Shit, Ryan, Tuck, everybody, Mac, every like all those guys want to give a shout out to you know uh, my friend Adriana, Baby Bobby Broke for these can't talk now. I can't talk. God damn it, motherfucker, get it together. Uh, Baby Bob, uh, Baby Bob. I just said it. Oh, fuck. Baby Bobby Broke. There we go. Adriana over Instagram. Imagineer999 over there. Shout out to you, my guy. And then I wanted Melissa and Peter Tredone of the Disney um, uh, Disney Magic Hour. I'm sorry, fellas. I'm so sorry. I don't know why. I was doing good. I was doing really, I was doing really fucking good and now I'm trying to think of all the people I hope I never win any major award because they're going to have to play my ass off um and I, who's the last and then of course Alicia over at Park Stop all these guys you know they helped me they've inspired me they you know I ran I ran things through them and they helped me put this together and it's nice that I'm you know I'm joining the community of creators who got each other's back, and then ain't trying to do, um, I ain't trying to do no, uh, fuck shit, uh, Tim, don't take it hard, Tim and the other guys over, Tim, Tim and the other guys over on, um, e, the now defunct e-ticket report, apparently they're done, um, I feel, you know, no, no disrespect for Tim, and congratulations on your new baby, but yeah, this is, uh, this is me, Jalen Harvey, Thanks for listening, and I hope uh, I won you over. Have a good day. I'm sorry, I'm not in this. Uh, Play me off, Johnny.